Good day, tokers and tokets and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, May 2nd, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us. I'm coming to you from beautiful, sunny Hollywood, Florida. Yes, in fact, I'm on a I'm in a beach resort right now that is right on the beach. Like I walk outside and there's ocean. So amazing time here. I am awaiting the arrival of the Unity Cipher, the uh, torch pass that's been going all the way through the East Coast states, sponsored by the East Coast Cannabis Coalition. Uh, they started in Portland, Maine, and made their way down each East Coast state, stopping and doing a event in each one. I caught up with them in South Carolina. I joined them in Columbia, South Carolina. And from there, the torch made its way to Atlanta, Georgia. And I uh, joined the festivities there in Atlanta. And then we also made our way to the Athens Human Rights Festival in Athens, Georgia, the home of the University of Georgia. It's their 37th annual event. And uh, I got to speak a couple of times. They, they had all sorts of speakers lined up, but some people didn't show. And they asked if anybody else wanted to speak. And well, you know me, I've never met a microphone I didn't like. So I got up and spoke, and you'll get to hear those speeches today on the show. I'll play my first speech in the Radical Rant segment at the end of the show, and then I had a second speech. We'll play that sometime in hour two. Also coming up on the show today, of course, it is Monday, and that means it's time to get your regular dose of cannabis science with Dr. Mitch Earlywine in our Cannabis Q&A. We've got a great segment today with Dr. Mitch because there's been so much going on in the world of marijuana research. We're going to talk about uh, the new study for vets using uh, medical marijuana for post-traumatic stress. We've got some concerns about secondhand marijuana smoke to discuss. Heavy teen marijuana use is also addressed in another study. We've got a surge in emergency room visits in Colorado to talk about, the use of cannabis to fight arthritis-related cartilage loss, and the study showing that opioid abuse rates are lower in medical cannabis states. We'll get Dr. Mitch's take on all of those studies. Plus, we'll take your calls at 971-533-7111 if you'd like to uh, ask Dr. Mitch a question. Also coming up on the show today, we'll have time for a stupid prohibition story. Oh my goodness, you're going to love this one when we get to it. Um, you you got you to gotta give the guy some credit for being thoughtful at least. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Also coming up on the show and behind the headlines, we take a look at the recent comments by Franklin Graham. He's the son of legendary preacher Billy Graham and is a preacher of his own. He was asked about uh, marijuana and uh, if God created it, how could it be so bad? And Franklin went on a rant on his Facebook post about how not everything God creates is good for you. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and I'll give you my perspective. I also had the chance in Athens to uh, deal with one of those shouting street preachers that say we're all going to go to hell because we use marijuana. So in Behind the Headlines, we're going to talk a little bit about religion and cannabis from my perspective as a daily pot-smoking atheist. Should be interesting. 
But all that comes right after the Cannabis Radio News. And in our headlines today, we've got the first recreational marijuana licenses being issued in my home state of Oregon. In Vermont, they might actually be voting on marijuana legalization after all. We'll give you the latest updates there. In Springfield, Illinois, the governor there is still thwarting the advocates who want to put more qualifying conditions on the medical marijuana program. In Phoenix, we've got five people who've been abusing the medical marijuana program to supply commercial grows. And then we've got some international news for you from Trinidad and Tobago, one of the Caribbean island nations trying to decriminalize marijuana. And then we go all the way to Cape Town, South Africa to give you an update on their medical innovation bill. All that's coming up today on the Russ Bell Show exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high too. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, May 2nd, 2016. Salem, Oregon. The Oregon Liquor Control Commission has issued its first eight recreational marijuana licenses. The licenses for growing cannabis were issued to growers in Lane, Tillamook, Washington, Clackamas, Jackson, and Josephine counties, 
and include a mix of large and medium-scale indoor, mixed, and outdoor cultivation grows, the agency said. The grow licenses are being issued first, so the crop can be harvested in time for the eventual processors and retailers to be licensed later this year. There have been over 900 license applications so far. Currently, over 300 medical marijuana dispensaries are operating in Oregon, with most allowed to sell limited amounts to recreational customers. That early sales provision ends this year, by which time newly licensed recreational shops will take over those sales. Montpelier, Vermont. It looks like the Vermont House may end up debating marijuana legalization after all. A Senate-passed bill appears to have stalled in committee in the House, making it unclear if the issue would get an up or down vote before lawmakers adjourn for the year. The Senate then sent over portions of its legalization bill attached to other legislation. It's a tactic that's common late in a legislative session when it appears bills might die. But there could be a compromise. That bill up for debate on Monday includes the Senate's marijuana amendments. The House also may end up debating something the Senate didn't do, a provision to allow limited amounts of marijuana to be grown at home. Springfield, Illinois. Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner's administration has once again rejected recommendations from the Medical Marijuana Advisory Board to add qualifying conditions to the medical marijuana program. Ten conditions Rauner's public health agency rejected again were autism, chronic pain syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, neuropathy, post-traumatic stress, chronic pain due to trauma, chronic post-op pain, intractable pain, migraines, and osteoarthritis. New new conditions rejected include persistent depressive disorder, Lyme disease, MRSA, type 1 diabetes, and panic disorder. Physicians and activists complained that Rauner's administration is not seriously reviewing the evidence of marijuana's medical effectiveness and is delaying much-needed medication to desperately ill patients for political reasons. Phoenix, Arizona. Five people are accused of falsely gaining medical marijuana grower status to illegally sell cannabis in Phoenix. The Attorney General's office says a state grand jury indicted the five men in Phoenix on Thursday. Perry Hester, Brandon Hester, James Donaldson, and Christopher Rafferty are charged with giving fraudulent information to gain status as medical marijuana caregivers. A fifth, Christopher Martin, is charged with allegedly transporting money and marijuana for sale. It was not immediately known if they had attorneys. According to the indictment, the defendants are accused of giving false patient addresses in remote areas of the state. They then cultivated plants and sold them out of a warehouse in South Phoenix. Investigators say they seized more than 550 marijuana plants and at least 20 pounds of harvested marijuana. Port of Spain, Trinidad. The island nation of Trinidad and Tobago is considering the decriminalization of marijuana, according to remarks by Attorney General Faris al-Rawi, saying, quote, Is it right to engage in a pre-trial detention in remand for two joints of marijuana where your detention is far longer than the conviction you could get? Asked al-Rawi. The move by the nation is part of cannabis commissions established by CARICOM, the international collaboration of 15 Caribbean island nations. CARICOM Secretary General Erwin LaRocque said the objective is, quote, to conduct an inquiry into the social, economic, health, and legal issues surrounding marijuana use in the Caribbean, end quote. CARICOM member Jamaica has already decriminalized the possession of small amounts of marijuana. 
Cape Town, South Africa, the medical innovation bill that would liberalize South African cannabis laws has been stalled and will require major fixes to move on in Parliament. The bill would address medical, recreational, and industrial uses of cannabis, or DACA, as it is called locally. While the bill sailed through Parliament unopposed, it was tabled in 2014 by the late Mario Ambrosini, who took his own life rather than continuing to battle stage 4 lung cancer. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, May 2nd, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. This is Willie Nelson for Norman, and I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, I want to take a look at the perspective of cannabis use from those who have a religious background. Uh, It comes to my mind because at this Athens Human Rights Festival that I attended uh, just this last weekend... There was well, it's typically human rights festival. There's the, uh, the 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 Wiccan type folks. You'll have the the marijuana legalizers. You've got the uh, uh, LGBT community and so forth. And that brought out one of those street preacher types. You've seen the guys. These are the ones that usually have a friend or two that are holding large signs that'll say that we're going to hell or we need to repent or whatever terrible thing. And then the one guy who is clutching a Bible and literally yelling at the people around him about what terrible sinners they are. And when this uh, went down, uh, I decided I had to take action because this guy was just kind of being bullying and, and kind of you know, frightening people away from the event. Now, when I confront these street preacher types, you have to remember that I'm an atheist, but I'm a well-studied atheist. It's not that I'm anti-religion. It's just that I don't subscribe to it, but I understand it quite well. In fact, I found that I often understand these religions far better than the people that are yelling about them. So what I did is I uh, took a piece of paper 
And I wrote out uh, a couple of verses from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, specifically Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. It's the verses that talk about the hypocrites who preach on the street corners and, and pray on the street corners to show the world how pious they are and how God does not approve of that. God would rather have you pray in a closet. It's the pray in the closet uh, verse for those of you who know your Bible. And I just held that there and, and had people laughing as they came by to take a look at it because they realized that I was calling him out as a hypocrite. And I didn't have to say a single word. And he tried to get me to engage him to, in some sort of verbal discussion, but all I had to do was stand there with the words from his own holy book that were showing what a hypocrite he was. Uh, I didn't have the time to look up some of the other verses. There's the famous verse about um, uh, be mindful of the log in your own eye before you attempt to pick the speck out of someone else's. Another example of Jesus uh, uh, admonishing people for their false piety and for their uh, you know their, their public uh, perception, but try, trying to paint themselves as being something greater than they are. And for that, uh, that leads me to this story that came up today. Came up through the the came up through theblaze.com, and it's from Franklin Graham. Now, Franklin Graham's the son of Billy Graham, and he's a, one of those big millionaire preachers in his own right. And it had to do about an NFL draft choice named Laramie Tunsil. And Laramie Tunsil is one of these NFLers, uh, this draft choice, who once again got busted for marijuana. And one of the commenters was saying how stupid that was because, you know, God created marijuana. Why is it so bad? This is what uh, Franklin Graham had to say. God made it, so it must be okay, right? I don't think so. My last point about NFL draft choice Laramie Tunsil received several comments from people about cannabis or marijuana not being so bad. After all, God made it. Well, God made mushrooms, but there are some types of mushrooms so poisonous that just one could make you dangerously ill or kill you. God made tobacco, but research has long proven that smoking or chewing it is very harmful to your body, even deadly. Just because God made snakes doesn't mean they're harmless. I can tell you I'm not going to be picking up any rattlesnakes. Marijuana has been proven to be addictive, has many side effects, and can be harmful. We've all seen the results it can bring when it's misused. And then the rest of it is the typical, you know, if you're a sinner, drop to your knees, pray to God, here's some Psalms, here's some Corinthians, here's what a terrible person you are, ask for forgiveness. And and for me, this is uh, this is quite telling in their arguments that... Franklin Graham has to jump to poisonous mushrooms and deadly venomous rattlesnakes to make his point. He has to invoke things that are known to be dangerous and harmful in a serious, like, life-threatening way in order to try to scare people about something we all know is not life-threatening. This is the typical... Uh, response that you get, not just from the religious type, but from a lot of people. You get it from the Kevin Sabets of the world that have to say, you know, it's the next big tobacco or alcohol is so deadly. They can never stick to the point about marijuana itself. They can never stick to just evaluating marijuana. And for Franklin Graham, I would encourage him to check out page one of his holy book, Genesis chapter one, verse 29. For I have given you all the herb-bearing seed, and it is for you to use as meat. Right there. Herb-bearing seed. <laughs> How much better a description of cannabis, at least old-time cannabis. These days we have sensimilia. But what better description could you get of 
cannabis than herb-bearing seed. Franklin Graham and all the religious people out there that want to deny their God's creation of cannabis as something that has the perfect uh, proteins and amino acids for human digestion and treats such a wide range of human illnesses and ailments, that would I would think that's something you'd point out as evidence of your God. Well, that was really horrible. No, oh, you're always complaining. <laughs> Now, again, like I told you, I'm an atheist. I don't care what any holy book says. As far as I'm concerned, I showed up on this planet. There were things on this planet growing out of it, and those are for me. No authority has the right to tell me what I do with my own body and my own mind with nature. We'll be right back with a stupid prohibition story from Ohio when we return. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. I hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. It's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Okay. I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. At least I do. I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. And if standing for the Constitution make you a wacko bird then I am a very, very proud wacko bird. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Stupid Prohibition Story. As a public service, the Russ Belleville Show reminds you that smoking marijuana does not make one stupid. However... Some stupid people do smoke marijuana, and Prohibition is always waiting for another victim. Learn your lesson from today's stupid Prohibition story. With your stupid Prohibition stories, I'm old-timey 1920s radio reporter Freddie Farrakh. This just in, an Ohio man who got a police officer's help to find a bit of... 
marijuana lost in his yard has been charged with misdemeanor drug abuse. The patrolman's body camera video shows an intoxicated man admitting he lost some marijuana. The patrol officer says he doesn't want children to find it and then locates it in the grass. The man asks if the police officer would throw it back on the ground. The officer refuses. Police say the officer had found the man stumbling along the road and tried to get him home safely. Some commenters suggested the man has an alcohol problem and criticized Alliance Police for sharing the video on Facebook. Captain James Hills tells the Akron Beacon Journal that it's just a lighthearted example of silly things people say to officers. I'm Freddie Farrakh with your stupid prohibition story. <laughs> wow. What a damn shame. So the guy's drunk. He's wandering around on the side of the road. He tells cops he lost some marijuana and he doesn't want kids to find it. So help me find the marijuana that I lost. I mean, the guy was kind of doing a good thing if you look at it the right way. Nobody wants the kids to find the empty bed or the full bag of marijuana, do we? And what does he get for his reward? He gets busted for drug abuse. So I think the lesson that we've learned here from our stupid prohibition story today is if you lose your bag of marijuana, don't try to find it. Don't get the cops to try to help you find it, for God's sake. Just let it go lost. Let some kid find that weed. I mean, that's the incentive that this prohibition puts in front of this guy, really, doesn't it? These are the kind of unintended consequences that people don't think about when they think about marijuana prohibition. They don't think about how prohibition encourages people to do something more dangerous encourages people not to call poison control if they overdose encourages people not to try to get help finding a lost bag of weed that's why we continue to fight to end this marijuana prohibition is so that these stupid stories don't have to happen anymore that people's ill-advised use of marijuana or mistaken comments to a police officer don't end up taking up that cop's time don't end up costing the taxpayers money and don't end up putting a serious kink in someone's life really kind of putting the screws to them as far as a fine and a criminal record it doesn't make a whole lot of sense does it All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll get Dr. Mitch Earlywine on the line. We're going to discuss some cannabis Q&A here, and if you've got any questions uh, for Dr. Mitch, you can uh, start putting them into the chat room right now, because it takes me a little while to scroll through that and find them all. we got all sorts of stuff coming up about marijuana and PTSD, marijuana and arthritis, marijuana and opioid abuse. So stay tuned. Get your questions in while you can. I'm Radical Russ live from Hollywood, Florida. Be right back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
we have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I also believe we need a fence. The problem is if El Chapo builds a tunnel under the fence, we have to be able to deal with that, too. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health, who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. Welcome back, everybody. Time for our cannabis community chat here, our cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. We're hooking up on the Skype right now. I was just calling his phone and there was no answer there, so we'll get him here on Skype uh, with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Got a lot of uh, studies to go over with Dr. Mitch today. Plus, we'll be taking your questions here in the chat room. If you'd uh, like to uh, get your questions in, please do that as quick as you can so that we can uh, ask these of Dr. Mitch. Uh, still waiting for the connection to happen. There we go. Looks like we got Dr. Mitch on the line. So, hey, hey. Hey, welcome back, Dr. Mitch. So glad to have you here. And I'm trying to set the microphone so you can hear me and my machine is going very slow. So let's see if we can get that fixed. And there we go. Thank you, Dr. Mitch. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. All right. So uh, happy May to you. And we've got a lot of topics to cover here. And uh, we've also got people that are uh, giving us some questions in the chat room. So let me uh, get to a chat room question real quick. Um, what is your opinion on these uh, uh, requests or these uh, comments by the DEA talking about rescheduling? Uh, Michael Hughes wants to know, do you think the DEA will reschedule cannabis to schedule two? I'm afraid they will. And unfortunately, it's really not going to be much help. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard some talk about a possible designation of a Schedule 1R where they'd have a, a special research designation. Have you heard of this? 
I've heard about it. We've never really had many good examples of it in the past, and I'm, I'm not clear that it's going to necessarily decrease the red tape or improve accessibility for research. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's always going to be the, the problem in any sort of Schedule 1 designation. Uh, John Thomas has a question for us. He says, since we have now heard that regular marijuana consumption can help prevent Alzheimer's, is it time to start saying regular marijuana use can have preventative health benefits, especially for aging adults? It's funny because those data are getting picked apart in strange ways, but we've seen such consistent anti-inflammatory effects for both CBD and THC that I, I think it is fair to say that that's okay. Hmm. All right. In truth, what do you have to lose once you're about 70? You know? <laughs> that's right. Like I've, I've told people quite often I'm saving heroin for my 80s. I figure if you're 80, <laughs> what, are you, what are you worried about, right? Um, oh, Doug Stanhope's been saying that for years, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Hughes has a follow-up on this uh, rescheduling question, and, and it goes along with a theory, I think, that he's uh, presenting, and that is uh, how rescheduling to Schedule 2 could be detrimental to the state medical marijuana programs because then they couldn't just have a state medical marijuana program. They'd have, they'd have to follow all the FDA prescription rules. Is that something you worry about? In fact, I think that's a, a reasonable concern, and I really also worry, too, that if they do make this gesture, they're going to be done with us for a while, and they're going to say, look, we already gave you something, leave us alone, when in fact they aren't really giving us anything at all. Mm, yeah, good point. Uh, Fakito in our chat room would like to know if you know of a good reference on the use of cannabis for anxiety, a website or a book. Uh, unfortunately, I really can't say that Cannabis is a first-round pick for anxiety treatment. If you check out the anxiety workbook uh, by my friend John Forsyth, uh, they're on Amazon. There's used cop copies there for like a dollar now. And I think the, the psychological treatment and the just general cognitive approach is a little bit better. Unfortunately, with uh, anxiety and cannabis, it's so strain-dependent, and the strain sort of consistency across different places is so is so poor that I, I can't really point you to something that would be a, a superb reference. Okay. Uh, one of those things where we just need a lot more research on this, I imagine. Well, I wish I just had the same strain in two different states and actually believed it was the same thing. Then maybe I could at least find some indica thing that somebody else had reported was okay, but I, I honestly don't have that kind of consistency. Okay. Uh, now, one of our listeners has uh, posted a link to a study, uh, and you may not have had the chance to see this study yet, but it's coming from uh, Neuroscience News, just published today. And the title is Previously Unknown Function of a Cannabinoid Receptor Identified. They're talking about the CB2 receptor. And the quote here from Professor Dietmar Schmitz from Berlin says, Until now, this receptor was considered part of the immune system without function in nerve cells. However, our study shows that it also plays an important role in the signal processing of the brain. Uh, so it, can you tell us more about these newfound uh benefits of the CB2 receptor? Well, so the clincher here is that this will essentially 
uh, has already appeared in the immune system before, and we've already known that that sort of CB2 receptor is around. Nobody else has isolated it in a nerve cell before, and I'm actually a little skeptical, so I want to see if this is going to replicate. I think these are, you know, this is a great research team, but I just need to be able to see somebody else actually find this before we can jump up and down. But I'm super excited because if this is true, it actually does open up some interesting implications for uh, a number, like 80 other cannabinoids that we never even hear about. Hmm. All right. That's very promising then. We'll uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, now let's get to some of the studies that have backed up over the past couple of weeks since we haven't talked. Uh, the first big news study, of course, is the DEA approval of uh, smoked cannabis for veterans with post-traumatic stress. And one of the headlines I saw on this was, DEA finally approves one legal method of smoking pot. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about this study <laughs> taking place? I'm super delighted that this finally got approved, and I, I have to admit I lost a $5 bet on it, so <laughs> I did not think this was going to happen. There's a neat team getting put together. I wish the sample sizes were larger, but I think uh, we're going to learn a lot. I also wish that there was more you know, opportunity for different strains. They are going to have a high THC, high CBD strain, as well as a high CBD only strain. And it's going to be intriguing to watch how this comes out. I got to admit, it's, it may be uh, you know, what we've been saying all along is it helps with sleep and the, and the strange intrusions and that CBD alone may actually be super intriguing. But I sure would love to have these data gathered here on American soil and putting it right in the DEA's face. So yeah. I think it's pretty sweet of them to let this happen. That would be nice. I did get the chance to speak with uh, Dr. Sue Sisley last week, and she was pretty excited about this as well. Uh, I believe she's the one that's still running the study. Isn't that correct? I'm, I'm uh, not at liberty. I, I know she's going to be involved. It's pretty clear she's not going to be the only uh, – principal investigator okay okay we'll keep it at that uh now on to some scare studies there's been some scare studies that have come out lately and lately i've been hearing this one about secondhand cannabis smoke this study coming from uh geneng news says secondhand marijuana smoke becoming rising health concern for children and it references children that are brought into denver hospitals with coughing and wheezing they're finding they're more likely to have been in households with cannabis smoke what is the data on secondhand cannabis smoke? So I don't know if you remember, about a year ago, we found one of those secondhand smoke things where people actually tested positive subsequent to the experience, and they were literally smoking pot in a closet, Russ. I mean, it would have been just outrageous to think that you could have been in this much smoke in this little space and not test positive. So unless these kids are you know, being held down and having older siblings blow it in their face, I just find that really unlikely that uh, there's any kind of respiratory irritation that is cannabis-related unless their parents are just super irresponsible. Yeah, and I also wonder, are they controlling for people that smoke blunts? You know, they spliffs, they mix tobacco in with it, perhaps. Uh, that could be a That's concern. a great point. The uh, other Absolutely. thing I wonder about this, too, is a lot of these scarers, you know, are trying to piggyback secondhand cannabis smoke along with secondhand tobacco smoke, and we're just supposed to take the assumption that secondhand tobacco smoke is this terrible, terrible thing. Um, how reliable are the data on the secondhand tobacco smoke? Because I've always, I've always questioned that. Jacob Solom did a great report on that years ago and pointed out that, for example, the, the data were always that, you know, the wives of smokers 
ended up being more likely to get respiratory irritation themselves. And then you found out later, oh, by the way, they were actually sneaking cigarettes all along. And if you see the just stuff done with rats in a particular space, there's definitely a dissipation after just a few feet. The small, small infants definitely end up with more uh, respiratory symptoms if there's one smoker in the house. But once you're, you know, 11 or so, it seems like uh, you're capable of moving out of the way and getting your own air and, and making this kind of thing happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm not clear that this is anything but literally smoke. Mm, good point. Now, another scare study out here, and I think this is kind of along the same lines of a previous study we talked about a couple weeks ago, where they're examining heavy teen marijuana use. This one from CBS News says that heavy teen marijuana use may cut life short by age 60, which I don't know how Rick Cusick is still walking around, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, a number, number of old hippies are uh, on the rise. I think what happened in this data set uh, is that basically heavy teen marijuana use has become a proxy for a whole lot of problematic behaviors. And as you look closely at these data, uh, they're more likely to be cigarette smokers. They're more likely to have a poor diet. They're more likely to be living on the street. And so a small subset of people who happen to be heavy teen marijuana users and did a whole lot of other stuff that isn't statistically controlled well ends up being uh, – basically blaming marijuana for things that are that are much more serious and, and a stupid way to say, hey, we don't need health care. We just need to get rid of these bad people. Okay. Uh, question from our chat room on Epidiolex, the GW Pharmaceuticals uh, preparation. Uh, apparently, it's just been given orphan drug status. Can you tell our folks what that means, orphan drug status, and, and what are the ramifications of that? So usually an orphan drug is something where uh, a company has developed uh, a drug and it's really not going to pay off. It's, it's pretty clear that it's for some disorder that just isn't very prevalent, be very lucrative. And the government will give them some tax rebates and, and other incentives to go ahead and release it anyway because there's a small subset of folks who would really benefit. And uh, that's – that's essentially what orphan drug status is. So, so basically, GW Pharmaceuticals not only getting to uh, uh, medicalize and profit from the cannabidiol oil that we could process ourselves, but now the government's going to incentivize them, give them monetary benefits for that too? Well, so if they can make that fly, they would actually get uh, certain tax breaks based on this orphan drug status for this uh, not really clear that it's going to happen, but it should make their stock do well. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at this one coming from Politico.com, which uh, points out that uh, emergency room visits for marijuana for kids and others uh, have surged in Colorado, according to this new study. But I'm really happy about the tag they added to this headline, which is, but declining stigma at play. You know, referring to what we've talked about a lot, which is now that it's not illegal, you can actually report this stuff. What do you think about this? I'm delighted that they were willing to include that alternative explanation. And they do point out that we really don't have identically gathered data sets pre and post legalization. So it's all kind of a guessing game. And I certainly wish that uh, somebody had done this unmatched count technique with cannabis use that I uh, have used in some studies here in New York with a big sample there in Colorado before and after 
uh, legalization study because I think we would see that, in fact, this is a change in self-report bias, not a, not a, a market increase in use. All right. Another great study coming out here says that cannabis can fight arthritis-related cartilage loss. So we're not even talking about you know relieving the pain or the stiffness, but actually fighting the loss of cartilage. What can you tell us about this? It's interesting because they presented this as if we've always known, you know, every stoner knows that cartilage loss is prevented. And no, we really didn't know that at all. This is still in sort of the, you know, the Petri dish stage. And they're not using cannabis. They're using one of these crazy CB1 agonists. Um, But it really does look promising. And, uh, you know, anybody who's had knee surgery would probably do okay to go to bed with tincture. Mm, Okay. And our final study uh, that we rounded up for the day. Opioid abuse rates are lower in medical cannabis states. This is our own Paul Armentano from Normal reporting on this. And it sounds like it's just confirmation of some other data that we've collected. Well, we've, we've basically seen this now three times. And I think it's impressive enough to motivate uh, more medical cannabis law because it's either abuse rates or, you know, opiate-related deaths. And both of those are just super big issues now. So I'd be delighted to see... Uh, a federal medical cannabis bill based on this alone, and I think a whole lot of congressional reps could get behind this without having to risk like they're sounding like they're you know soft on crime or something. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Mitch. And folks, remember, Dr. Mitch is the host of the Burning Issues podcast here on CannabisRadio.com. Check that out. Uh, your latest episode, who, who can we uh, check out on your latest episode? Oh, Becca Williams from Straight Talk TV, and she's a real pistol. It was a real fun interview, and I have a nice section called uh, basically how to take care of yourself in the art of activism, and I think folks will get a big kick out of it, so thanks for letting me give it a plug. Oh, absolutely. And folks, if you want to get your questions into Dr. Mitch in private, you can do so through email at 420research at gmail.com. That's 420research at gmail.com. Thanks, Dr. Mitch. We'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. All right, stay tuned, folks. We've got my speech at the Athens Human Rights Festival coming up next in the Radical Rant. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, cannabis nurse Heather. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I said, on this program, what do they want? My grandchildren and the monster. Did I scare you? Okay.
Maybe you're high, too. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Georgia this last weekend where I appeared at the Athens Human Rights Festival. Get this audio pulled up for you here. <laughs> Russ broke it. Check. <laughs> Good afternoon, Athens, Georgia. How are you feeling today? Fantastic. My name is Radical Russ Belvel. I am from Portland, Oregon, and I brought a little rain with me. Sorry about that. Nice to see you all here. This is my first time in Athens, Georgia. It's, it's pretty cool. I like being here. You guys are some great people. And I'm here with Peachtree Normal. You can find their booth down there underneath the big tent. PeachtreeNormal.org is the organization that represents the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws, otherwise known as pot, weed, ganja, herb, cannabis, dank, diggity dank. If you're older, muggles. <laughs> Jive, tea, grass. How many people still call it grass anyway? But I'm here to tell you about this because it's a subject that sometimes gets a lot of giggles, sometimes gets people that don't think very seriously about it. Some people may think, oh, it should be illegal because it's bad in some way and we want to discourage people from doing it. Other people might think, nah, it really shouldn't be illegal because it's really not a big deal, but we don't want to make it legal because we don't want pot shops or whatever. And all of these opinions are valid because we all have different viewpoints and backgrounds when it comes to this substance. But I'm here to tell you that it's happened already in Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. I'm from Oregon. My home state has just reaped $5.3 million in tax revenue in their first month of legalized marijuana sales. Colorado has generated over $100 million in tax revenue from legalized marijuana sales. These tax revenues are going to help build schools, help to fund health uh, budgets, and to help to uh, contribute some more money to law enforcement and to drug education. And I think the important thing to understand about marijuana is you can hate it, you can love it, you can not care a bit about it, it really doesn't matter. It's here. And it's going to be here. And it's never going to go away. And people are always going to smoke it, no matter how illegal you make it. There are countries, I just came down. 
United Nations covering a drug summit there. There are countries there like Indonesia and Singapore and China and Qatar and Saudi Arabia that'll still take your head for drug crimes. They'll execute you for drug crimes, and yet they keep still having executions. <laughs> it's not stopping anyone. They keep using and selling and buying and growing the drugs, no matter what they are. So when we talk about a substance like marijuana, how you think or feel about it is irrelevant. It's going to be here. Now the question is, the money that's generated from that, is it going to help buy the local teenage weed dealer a new Xbox? Or is it going to help to contribute to a school budget? Are the people growing it going to settle their disputes with guns and warfare and violence? Or are they going to settle it with lawsuits in a court, in a civil court? And I can tell you, from my own experience being in Portland, Oregon, that after we legalized marijuana, and we now have in my home city of Portland over 200 shops where people can walk in and buy marijuana like they buy liquor, IDs are checked, no kids are in these stores, the stores have frosted glass windows so you can't even see what's in them. As far as anyone would know, you're walking into a place and walking out with a plain paper bag, nobody knows what's going on. But since we've instigated this new policy with over 200 pot shops, the trains still run on time. People still, still go to work. Kids still go to school. Crime hasn't increased. There's been none of the sky is falling fear that people talk about when it comes to marijuana legalization. Pretty much things continue on the way they've been going. The people who have smoked pot, they're still smoking pot. The people who don't smoke pot, they didn't all of a sudden run to the shops to try it. There are a few people, say in their 50s or 60s, that maybe back in the day might have smoked a doobie at Woodstock. And then they go back to the shop to see what it's like now, and maybe they still use it, maybe they don't. But the main point is that nothing much really changed except diverting all of that drug money to tax money. That's really what changed. Now, I know here in Georgia, it's a whole different scenario. I'm originally from Boise, Idaho, where we had two strains of marijuana, got some, and don't. And it's hardcore in Idaho. It's, it's, you know, deep Republican, red state, conservatism. In my home state of Idaho, it is a misdemeanor to merely be high. Like, you don't even have to have weed on you. If you test dirty on a pee test, it's a misdemeanor that gets you three months in jail. So I know what it's like to live in a place where law enforcement and society don't look very appreciative toward this particular substance. And that's why I like to remind people that we're talking about something that is scientifically, objectively, no argument safer than alcohol. Far safer than alcohol. Now, I'm not anti-alcohol. I like my occasional beer, cider, whiskey, wine, cocktail. But I think if we figured out that we can have, how many places right on this street, right now, I see alcohol being drank right now. And they're not rioting, they're not going crazy, they're just sitting and having a good time. And the thing, that can exist with marijuana as well. Instead of forcing people to hide, instead of costing them their jobs, costing them their kids, the main reason I'm here today in Athens, Georgia, representing Peachtree Normal is because I used to be Normal's National Outreach Coordinator. I got a phone call from a lovely Southern woman one day who was telling me about her, how her daughter got pulled out of bed in a SWAT raid because some guy 
who had weed got popped by the cops, and he started telling the cops where they'd been, and they'd been at her house, and so here come the cops with their automatic weapons, pulling the girl out of the bed by her hair. She's right back there watching me. Pulling her out of the bed by her hair, holding automatic weapons to her head, over what was it, three-tenths of a gram, three grams, something? 1.5 grams, or as I call it, out of marijuana. Out of marijuana. <laughs> now, the people in the town were shocked once they found this out. She's an upstanding member of the community, businesswoman. Everybody knows her. It's a small town in Georgia. And nobody could believe this level of prosecution, this level of police involvement, of violence, the threat of death here. And because she'd had a, like, a tomato light, you know, if you've ever grown indoor tomatoes or something, she had an old tomato light in her garage, sitting there, dusty, never been used for years. Cops found that and said, aha! Marijuana grow operation. Marijuana kingpin. And her 19-year-old daughter was looking at 26 years in prison. 26 years. They don't walk in front of the kid. Because some guy at a party got caught with weed and said he was at this house and then went to that house and they found an old light in the garage and next thing you know, your regular, rural, conservative Christian mom is having to deal with a daughter that might have to go to prison for 26 years. Now, fortunately, has some means, has some money, can get a lawyer, got all these things taken care of. But we're not all that fortunate. In the state of Georgia and all throughout the United States, marijuana prohibition is enacted in a disgustingly racist fashion. The ACLU has found that the likelihood of a black person getting arrested for marijuana is four times greater than someone pale like me. In some counties and cities around the United States, it can be as high as 13 to 16 times greater chance. And it's not because black folks use marijuana more than white folks, especially this one. <laughs> it's because white folks tend to live in the suburbs and they can go down in the basement and they can hang out inside, where if you're living in the city, you're out on the stoop or you're in the park, you're easy pickings. This has led to a situation in America where we have more black men behind bars in this country now than all the total of slaves that existed in 1850. This is something author Michelle Alexander calls the new Jim Crow, a new way of discriminating against people. And this was confirmed in a magazine article, Harper's Magazine, just this month, confirmed John Ehrlichman, a former uh, assistant of uh, Richard Nixon, remember Tricky Dick? This former assistant of Richard Nixon admitted that they created the war on drugs as a way to undermine the black nationalist power movements and the hippie leftist movements of the 1970s that were anti-Nixon and anti-war. He outright admitted this had nothing to do with marijuana being dangerous. He admitted that if we made weed illegal, we could infiltrate, we could take down their leaders, we could undercut their meetings by busting whoever might be holding the joint on them at the time. So, in conclusion, thank you for having me here in Athens, Georgia. It's part of my Legalize America tour, 50 states by the time I turn 50, I've got 23 so far. Nice to be here, and I encourage you to check out the booth for Peachtree Normal, peachtreenormal.org, so we can help your kids. You don't want your kid getting busted at UGA here and having to come back and live in your basement, right? Right. Right. So let's get behind peachtreenormal.org, help them out. I'm Radical Rush. You can find me on CannabisRadio.com. I'm a talk radio host. 
iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you so much. Love y'all. That's my speech, uh, my first speech at the Athens, the 37th annual Athens Human Rights Festival. I'll give it my second speech in hour two coming up here right after the break. And my apologies to the uh, live listeners out there with the uh, internet is a little bit sketchy here in the hotel. We're trying to get you back to some uh, good internet connection. Might have to reconnect here a couple times, but we'll get it all fixed. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com and me live in Hollywood, Florida, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. It goes down smooth. Joker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can toke. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Portland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Freedom! Freedom! Hey, this is great! Freedom! Yes, not cannabis! Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and and the, the next thing you know, they got ten years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. Welcome back, Tokers and Toquettes and live listeners out there. Sorry about the internet dropping off on me. We are on one of those hotel Wi-Fis, and so every now and then, you got to restart the internet. Love it when that happens in the middle of my show. If you missed that speech that I was giving at the Athens Human Rights Festival, 
It will be available on my YouTube page. That's right. I'm going to actually upload something to YouTube. I haven't done that in a long time, but uh, we'll get that uploaded. My thanks to uh, Ted Wentz for uh, uh, recording that, for videotaping that for me. You know, I don't do video anymore. There's just way too much overhead and trouble. I mean, I got my hands full making an audio stream come up every day. I can't handle the video, but those videos will be up online. And it was a it was a fun time there at the uh, Athens Human Rights Festival. Hung out with uh, the folks from Peachtree Normal. Great group there that has uh, all sorts of sub chapters now all throughout the state of Georgia. The Athens chapter meets on the second Mondays of the month at Max Canada's. So next Monday, if you're in Athens, Georgia. You one of those UGA college students? Make your way out to Max there and uh, join up with Peachtree Normal. They're doing great work out there, and I, I'm so proud of both. You know, I got to say, two of my favorite normal chapters in the country is Peachtree Normal in Atlanta, Georgia, and DFW Normal in Dallas, Fort Worth. And that's where I'll be this weekend. If you want to join me out in Fort Fort Worth, Texas, I'm having trouble talking today. If you want to join me in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I'll be there for the Global Cannabis March on May 7th in Fort Worth, and this will mark, to the day, my 11th anniversary in marijuana activism. That's right. The first uh, marijuana activist event that I did was the Global Cannabis March in Portland, Oregon on May 7th, 2005, and that's when I met Madeline Martinez and Anna Diaz and got involved with Oregon Normal. Now, I had been to the march the previous year in 2004, but I didn't take it seriously when they said the march started at high noon. I figure, you know, stoners, right? I'll get there around noon. It'll be fine, right? No, no. Madeline and and Oregon Normal, when they said high noon, they meant high noon. Like when the clock struck noon, they left. Like the march was on. And so I got there around like 12.04, 12.05. There was nobody there. So I don't count that as my first event because I showed up, no one was there, and then I went home. But uh, that second time in 2005, I learned my lesson. I showed up nice and early and got uh, involved. So it was a lot of fun. Now, uh, there's uh, breaking news. John Thomas is bringing it to us through our chat room from the East Bay Express Legalization Nation. David Downs writing out there says, quote, Drug Policy Alliance confirmed that the Adult Use of Marijuana Act will gather enough signatures to put the measure on the November ballot. Oh, that is such great news. We are so happy to hear that. Fantastic there. Yes. It says, but as the signature deadline looms, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act's proponents are slowing the effort to save money for the election, advertising, and other costs, they said. Drug Policy Alliance, Marijuana Policy Project, and wealthy individuals have donated $3 million for California legalization. It could cost $10 million to run a campaign without opposition, and much more if significant opposition emerges. Well, guess what, folks? Significant opposition will emerge. I guarantee you we are going to see more anti-marijuana money spent this year in this election than in all previous elections combined. Already in Florida, right here in Florida, where they've got Amendment 2 on the ballot for medical marijuana again, uh, Sheldon Adelson and Mel Sembler are teaming up. Mel Sembler says he's going to try to raise $10 million to oppose medical marijuana in Florida. You can bet similar amounts of money are going to head toward California because they know that's their Waterloo. 
This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks, Dan Michaels, and want to remind everyone, programming-wise, coming up at the top of the hour, you'll get to listen in on the Stoner Jesus Show, live here on CannabisRadio.com, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. That's right, Stoner Jesus, coming up next, right after this program. Also, this weekend, like I mentioned, I'll be in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area, Fort Worth specifically for the Global Cannabis March. I hope to uh, meet a lot of you there. I also got to get my tattoo updated from uh, Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, and congratulations to my artist, Thomas Barrington, who just recently married his lovely bride, Beth. Congratulations to the both of you. I hope you're back in time for me to get some updates, because I got to add some cities. I got to add New York City and Baltimore and Arlington, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia. Now I get to add Hollywood, Florida, so lots of uh, additions to the back tattoo. Also, uh, coming up after this weekend, next week, I'll be back here in Florida. I'll be back here for, in Orlando 
for the Florida Medical Marijuana Business Conference. So if you don't catch me this week in Florida, you can catch me next week in Florida. And uh, again, if you just joined us, the big news coming from uh, East Bay Express and Legalization Nation telling us that Drug Policy Alliance is saying they will have enough signatures to make the ballot with the California Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Now, I've been going rounds with some of these people, some stoners against legalization on my Facebook and Twitter pages, and I want to make one thing absolutely crystal clear to everyone out there. The Adult Use of Marijuana Act does not repeal medical marijuana. It does not affect medical marijuana. Whatever you're doing with medical marijuana right now, you'll be doing after legalization passes. But you wouldn't know it from some of these opponents that come up with all of these crazy, tortured, logic, pretzeled concepts to try to get people to vote against their own best interests. There is only, one of the tactics they'll use is they'll say that, oh, well, Adult Use of Marijuana Act has all these fines and jail time. Folks, the fines and jail time listed in the Adult Use of Marijuana Act are equal to or lesser than what the law is right now. The only thing that increases under the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, one single thing, the public toking ticket goes from 100 bucks to 250 bucks. That's it. Everything else in there, when it says there's a misdemeanor for this or a felony for that, that's what the law is right now. Too many of the people reading these things don't understand that sometimes you have to restate what the law is when you're passing new laws. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Right now, I want to get you back to Athens, Georgia, for my second speech at the Athens Human Rights Festival. Took place uh, this last weekend, and um, I had more to say about marijuana legalization. Enjoy. Hi, Athens, Georgia. How y'all doing? My name is Radical Russ Belleville. You can find me, Radical Russ, everywhere online. And I am the host of the Russ Belleville Show on CanvasRadio.com, a live, daily, two-hour talk radio program all about the legalization of marijuana. We are the NPR of POT. I've been all over this country lately. Uh, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Baltimore, Washington, Arlington, New York City. Columbia, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, and now I'm here in Athens, Georgia for my first time ever. You guys have an excellent town here, loving it. And the reason I'm here, because this is the Athens Human Rights Festival, and a lot of people don't recognize the fact that using cannabis is a human right. Nobody's got the right to tell us what comes out of the earth is not for us. And whether you're a religious person, if you are, look on page one. If you're not a religious person, it doesn't matter. Because this is nature, and we are a part of nature, and we have the human right to do with the plants on this planet what we choose so long as we do not harm someone else. And when we're living in a country where alcohol is accepted and legalized and often promoted, we certainly can't have any logical reason to stop people from using a substance that is far safer than alcohol. And that's not an anti-alcohol thing. I like alcohol. I like to drink a beer or a cider or cocktail now and then. All we're asking for, those of us who consume cannabis, is to be treated with the same rights and responsibilities as the people who consume alcohol. 
The fact is, it doesn't matter whether you like marijuana or don't like marijuana, it's here. Plenty of people do like it, and they're going to continue to use it. And trying to criminalize it just means you're going to spend $36,000 a year locking someone up for something that really isn't a crime to anyone. Here in the state of Georgia, the possession of marijuana for one ounce or less, which is a personal use amount, is a misdemeanor with a possible one-year jail sentence, and I think it's a $1,000 fine. That's first offense. Second offense rises. Those amounts get greater. Concentrates, if you know about extracts and hashish, those concentrates. Possession of less than 10 grams is a misdemeanor, one year, possible $1,000 fine. If you're in possession of more than an ounce or more than 10 grams, it's automatically accepted to be possession with intent to distribute. They don't have to prove you actually sold to anyone. If you got more than that amount, you're a dealer, whether you made a dime on it or not. And you are subject to a felony charge that carries a mandatory minimum one year in prison. You're going to jail for a year if they catch you with more than an ounce or more than 10 grams or a single seed. Yep. A single plant is that same felony with a one-year mandatory minimum. Now, I know it costs around 36 grand to lock someone up in the Georgia State Penitentiary for these crimes, and I know that college tuition is expensive these days. So how many kids could we have going to the University of Georgia for the money that we spend locking them up for growing or selling or using a little bit of cannabis? Our president used cannabis, the president before him used cannabis, the president before him used cannabis, Michael Phelps used cannabis, Usain Bolt, the Jamaican sprint star, used cannabis, Carl Sagan, the famous doctor from Cosmos, one of the smartest men on the planet, actually designed the message to the aliens that went out on the Voyager probe. Because if you're going to ask someone to write a message to aliens, you want to pick the guy who smoked a little reefer, right? A little creativity, right? The smartest, most athletic, most creative, most industrious people on this planet use cannabis. I host a live daily two-hour talk radio show. I publish two articles a week on HighTimes.com. My current article is in High Times Print Online. I travel over 100,000 air miles a year doing these types of jobs. I founded two or three businesses and helped co-found at least nine or ten of the most active normal chapters in the country. So much for a motivational syndrome. I'm getting up every day at eight in the morning. I've never worked harder in my life. And I hope you all understand that when we talk about marijuana legalization, I think a lot of times people aren't afraid of pot so much as they're afraid of potheads, right? They're not afraid of like, you know, if Joe the Vietnam vet wants to smoke a doobie on his back porch at night, who cares? But they're worried about the kids. They're worried about the young people. They're going to do all sorts of crazy things or get hooked on heroin. I'm here to tell you that doesn't happen. I'm from Portland, Oregon. There are nine different pot shops on the boulevard where I live. And yet, the train still runs on time. People still go to work. Kids still go to school. People who were smoking pot still are. People that weren't smoking pot didn't take it up. Nobody took up heroin that wasn't already using it. In other words, it's been kind of boring, actually. Like, we, we had all these doom and gloom predictions that the sky would fall and there'd be chaos and blood running in the streets and it never came to pass. We have the lowest 
lowest traffic fatality rates that we've ever measured. Same thing in Colorado, same thing in Washington. In fact, the per 100 million miles traveled fatality rates in the four legal states are lower than they are in Georgia. Y'all wreck your cars more than us potheads up in the Pacific Northwest. You know why? So we're sitting there at the stop sign waiting for it to turn green. That's right. <laughs> That's a little joke, but there is a little bit of truth to that. Marijuana doesn't make people belligerent or lose their judgment or behave out of sorts. It makes guitar solos better. It makes Funyuns delicious. But it's not going to cause anyone to beat their wife. It's not going to cause anyone to want to break into someone's house so that they can get their next bowl. That's not the way marijuana works. There are 28 million marijuana consumers in the United States of America. That's more tokers than Texans. There's more people smoking pot than the whole state of Texas. And trust me, there's some in the state of Texas, too. This is a mainstream thing. The latest CBS News poll shows that 56% of the American public supports marijuana legalization and that 51% of the American public has tried it in their lifetime. So if you've never smoked pot, look to your left, look to your right, I guarantee you one of those people has smoked pot. And y'all look like okay people, most of you, look pretty good. There's nothing wrong with you, you have nothing to fear. So. I'll leave you with this. Please check out the Peachtree Normal booth. That's Sharon Raymond. She's with Peachtree Normal if you'd like to talk to her. PeachtreeNormal.org is your local chapter. You've got a local chapter right here in Athens. Meets on the second Monday of every month right over there at Max Canada's. Get involved because when you ask me when are they going to legalize marijuana, I ask you when are you going to legalize marijuana. It's up to all of you. Get registered. Vote. Get active. Join Peachtree Normal. I'm Radical. See you later. There we go. Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Happy 420 to everyone out there. Back in my home time zone, the Pacific time zone. West Coast is the best coast, but I'm out here on the East Coast where it's still kind of sunny and warm, and I might have to head out to the beach. When we come back, I'm going to tell you my tale of personal discrimination in Florida when we return. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. The time has come to end prohibition of marijuana in Vermont. It's time. It's time. It's time for marijuana sales to take place in regulated businesses and stop taking place in our neighborhoods. It's time. It's time. It's time to create rules for testing and labeling marijuana so that consumers can know what they're getting. It's time. It's time. 
It's time to stop punishing adults for consuming a product that's less harmful than alcohol. And spend more time addressing serious crimes. Prohibition has failed. It's time for a more sensible approach. S-241 would end prohibition. And regulate marijuana in Vermont. We are ready. We are ready. We are ready. Who ready? We're ready. Vermont is ready. Contact a representative now and ask them to support S-241. It's time to end prohibition and regulate marijuana in Vermont. Get the latest updates on the Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking the Russ Belleville Show on Facebook. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. 23 and a half after the hour here in Hollywood, Florida. And before I get off to my discrimination story, I just wanted to make mention of that last Vermont commercial that was on. Fran Janik, one of our longtime listeners, uh, texted me earlier saying that uh, things are looking pretty good for that uh, Vermont bill. And he's really of the opinion that something's going to get passed here pretty soon. And what a great gift that would be as we're continuing to ramp up over the upcoming summer months, there's going to be a lot of focus on signature gathering in California and Arizona. Well, Maine's already made the ballot. Uh, Michigan, Massachusetts, uh, Ohio, Missouri, and so forth. There's going to be a lot of talk about gathering signatures for marijuana. And to have a state government pass marijuana legalization in some form would be huge. Because I think a lot of these state governments are going to get they're going to start to feel like they're between a rock and a hard place. They're going to start to feel like, especially, I mean, I'm speaking mostly of the initiative states, that if they don't move on marijuana legalization, the people will. And especially after we pass California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, Michigan, Maine, six states with legalization are possible coming up in 2016. Add Vermont to that, you'd have seven. If Rhode Island continues moving forward, you'd have eight. We could have eight legal states. We could double the number of legal states in one election, in one year, right? Six through elections, two through the legislature. And we could have a dozen legal states plus D.C. So you could actually think of it as a quarter of the country with legal marijuana. And then on top of that, we'll have Florida, Ohio, possibly Missouri with medical marijuana. And that would bring us, with Pennsylvania, up to 27 states plus D.C. So it's, it's going to be just impossible for these governments to believe that legalization in some form is not inevitable. And for the initiative states that remain, they're going to have to think, they're going to have to compare. They're going to have to take a look at what gets passed in California and these other states 
versus what gets passed in Vermont. And I do believe what gets passed in Vermont will be more restrictive than what we've seen in the currently legal states. Vermont's talking about a possibility of a two plant home grow and, and, uh, you know, state stores and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of these governments are going to come to the decision that, look, we've got to legalize it or else they will. And they're going to legalize it like crazy. (laughs) And we want to legalize it real restrictive. So I really believe this 2016 election is, is the tipping point. This is, this is where there's no turning back. And that's why it's such an important election is because this is the Waterloo for prohibition. This is their last shot. Kevin Sabet, Sheldon Adelson, Mel Sembler, all of these anti-drug people that want to stop legalization, they know damn well that when California falls, it's all over but the shouting. Kevin Sabet made uh, references to this at his United Nations presentations about how important it was to stop this roller coaster at California, that we need to stop California. So if you don't think there's going to be a huge amount of opposition money coming in against legalization, then you're not paying attention. There will be commercials. There'll be the scary commercials and there'll be, uh, the, the, the smoked out kind of visual of billboards in on Colfax in Denver and, and scenes of Seattle hemp fest and a bunch of kids doing dabs, right? It's going to every scary image they can possibly imagine is going to come out in these ads. And so it's going to be a real test here to see can marijuana legalization withstand a serious opposition campaign up till now, all of our marijuana legalization campaigns have had only token opposition, pardon the pun, uh, just the bare minimum of, you know, the sheriff's association, you know, saying something bad about it, but not running commercials 24 seven, not running full page ads in the newspapers and so forth, not building coalitions of like-minded prohibitionists. You know, they could put, pull together, say the medical associations and the police associations and the pediatric associations and make these big ads scaring the hell out of people that's coming and can legalization withstand it. I think we can, but you know, the numbers are real close so far. The polls this year have been between 51 and 56% support for marijuana legalization nationwide, but those polls can differ state by state and don't think that a big influx of money can't, defeat us. In 2014, Florida's medical marijuana amendment was polling at between 65 and 80% leading up to the election. And then Sheldon Adelson donated $4.5 million for a smear campaign that painted medical marijuana as, you know, pure legalization, that it would help drug dealers, that your kids would be getting high, all these completely untrue scare tactics, but they worked. I mean, they worked in the sense that they got the vote down to 58%. (laughs) Now, 58% in any normal state would be a win, right? But in Florida, their constitution says you got to have 60% in order to pass. So can we withstand a concerted effort by the prohibitionists putting eight figures worth of spending against legalization? I think we can. Not only do I think we can, I think we must. Because if they get any success at blocking marijuana legalization, especially in California, if they manage to get a second legalization loss in California in a six year span, 
that's only going to embolden them for the next few rounds of campaigns. It's only going to increase the donations they get because now they've proven, hey, if you give us money, we can defeat legalization. And that's why I get so pissed off about these stoners against legalization in California who are making up all sorts of crazy ideas about how terrible it will be if we legalize marijuana. (laughs) My latest, I've been having a lot of fun with this one named Denise on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, one of her latest ones was that uh, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act was a move by billionaire white boys, meaning Sean Parker, right? A move by billionaire white boys to become trillionaires. Yes, folks, she actually said trillionaires with a T, trillionaires. Now, never mind the fact that Bill Gates, currently the world's richest human, has a net worth of $75 billion. She thinks that Sean Parker is going to legalize marijuana and through that become a trillionaire. Folks, you have to add up the net worth of the top 27 billionaires on the planet to add up to a trillion dollars. We're talking Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, the Walton family, uh, the Mars family, the Mars candy empire family, uh, numerous Saudi sheiks, uh, some uh, Brazilian uh, telecommunications owners and so forth, add up all their wealth and it comes up to a trillion dollars, 27 of the richest people. But somehow Sean Parker is going to legalize weed and he said himself he's not getting into the weed business, but even if he did, he's going to legalize weed and there's going to be a system where there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of competing growers and retailers and it's going to crash the price of marijuana and somehow that's going to make him a trillion dollars. Do you, do you watch South Park much? Do you, know, do you know the idea of the underpants gnomes? <laughs> That's, that's what I think about when I am dealing with these stoners against legalization is the underpants gnomes. If, if, you, don't, if you don't know uh, South Park, it's a, it's, a, it's a long story. But basically, the underpants gnomes are the ones that, that step one, collect underpants. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. It's like, why are they collecting underpants? You don't know, but somehow that's supposed to lead to profit. Well, that's how I think about these Adult Use of Marijuana Act guys, these, these antis, these stoners against legalization. They're going to legalize marijuana and then somehow uh, become trillionaires. It just makes no sense. And a lot of the scares have to do with, oh, no, it's, it's, going, to be, uh, it's going to restrict medical and patients won't be able to grow 99 plants. And if you can't grow 99 plants, then it's not legal. It's this silly all or nothing thinking, right, that if there remains any criminal penalty whatsoever or any fine whatsoever at any level, then it's not legalization and we have to reject it. Because if we instituted that, why, it would be set in stone and would never change. And it's just so silly. It's so politically immature that really I shouldn't even waste my time arguing about it, but I can't help myself. It's, it's this, and here's the other thing that's, that's interesting too, is that the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, okay, so when they write initiatives in, call, in California, the, the initiative process in California, the, there's some laws and regs around it that says, after the people have passed an initiative, the legislature can't modify that initiative without, uh, I think it's a two-thirds vote, something like that. Or the people can pass another initiative to modify it. Well, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act has actually been written up so that the legislature can modify it. It's actually waiving a lot of those you-can't-mess-with-a-citizen-initiative 
parts and saying, yes, we're going to pass this initiative. We want legal marijuana. Here's the basic guidelines of how we'd like to see that run. But the legislature can then adapt to whatever the, the needs are, to whatever the situation might be. So this, this doom and gloom thinking is based on two things. Number one, if we pass it, it'll be written in stone forever. We'll never be able to change it. And why should we take this minimal legalization now when clearly America is, is warming up to legalization? If we just waited a couple years or four years, we could pass something that's so much better. Well, to me, that opens up a couple questions. Number one, if you think you have the power to pass something better in 2018 or 2020, how would that stop you from passing something better after the Adult Use of Marijuana Act is passed? Right? If this Adult Use of Marijuana Act is so terrible and so many people would hate it, wouldn't there be a groundswell of support for passing something better that fixes it? like you can't have it both ways you can't try to convince me you've got the power to pass a statewide initiative after a marijuana legalization defeat without me thinking that well then you must have the power to modify it after it passes you can't have it both ways and and the fact is they can't pass anything else i'll tell you what happens if california loses these same stoners against legalization will rally around three or four different true legalization amendments They'll make a bunch of noise about all volunteer efforts. They will get nowhere. They'll not get enough signatures to get on the ballot. They'll not have anybody donating to them in any significant way. And they'll just waste a whole bunch of people's time and effort. And meanwhile, in 2018 or 2020, there will be another professionally funded organization trying to pass legalization. But this time, having suffered a defeat in 2016... They'll say, oh, you know what? Maybe we overreached. Maybe we should not have home grow. Maybe we should put in a per se DUID. Don't think that the passage of time necessarily means that the offers for marijuana legalization are going to get better. They could get worse. Proof in the pudding? 2012, Oregon. We put forth what a lot of these people would call a true legalization measure. Unlimited possession, unlimited cultivation, so long it was as personal. And it got trashed. It got defeated. It lost by 15 points or something. 46 something. It got 46%. What came the next time around that actually won was far more restrictive than the one that lost in 2012. Don't look a gift legalization in the mouth, folks. Take it whenever you can get it. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. 
find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old man smells. And it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you knew it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. 39 after the hour here, live from Hollywood, Florida. And uh, I got to tell you my story of Florida discrimination. Kind of sad, actually. Um, So I'm here in Hollywood, Florida. I'm staying at a uh, hotel resort. But I did not intend to when I came here. I actually came down to Miami uh, because, well, on Friday, the uh, the Unity Torch, the Unity Cypher, will make its way down. And I wanted to you know, be a part of that. But I came down here early because I have a friend, a very dear friend, uh, who lives in Miami. And uh, I've known her since sixth grade, right? We have been friends for 37 years and, uh, you know, we were really tight friends, too, because we were both uh, in the Gifted and Talented program growing up. And the two of us are the youngest members of our senior class. She's like 10 days younger than I am, right? So we were, you know, we were pretty tight. And and as friends, of course, uh, uh, she she and I have, or at least had, vastly different religious views. And we'd never dated or anything like that. But we'd always kept in touch, and we were always friends. And you know, I went on to my life, she went on to her life, and we've kept in touch, right? So I was really excited to be able to come down here to Miami, and and she and her girlfriend uh, said that, you know, I could stay at their place, and that's cool, right? Like, oh, I could stay at your place, right? And she uh, has two children, a teenage girl and a nine-year-old boy uh, from a previous marriage, and her ex lives in Florida as well, lives in the Miami area as well, and they split custody, Right. So the whole point was that I was going to spend the night for four days uh, at uh, my friend's house, and these happen to correspond with days when they've when the split custody when 
the kids wouldn't be at the house. But that was for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I got here yesterday. So when I got here yesterday, I got the opportunity to meet her kids for the first time, right? And that was kind of cool, right? And it was everything was going well until she got some text messages from her ex. And basically, the, the point he made was he wasn't comfortable having his children being exposed to a proponent of illegal drug use. That's right. This, this ex-husband actually threatened to call the Department of Children and Families here in Florida, DCF, threatened to call DCF for child abuse charges, child endangerment charges, because her kids, his kids, their kids, would be in a house with a known proponent of drug abuse. AKA me. And it really hit me, man. It's like, you know, I'm a a straight, white, tall, heterosexual, cisgendered male. It's not like discrimination comes my way that often. And it just really hurt. It was like, really? You never even met me, dude. You don't even know me. And you think your kids are in danger around me. And it's not like I'm meeting, you know, nine and 13 year old kids and going, hi, my name's Russ Belleville. Marijuana is awesome. Y'all ought to try it. <laughs> right. I'm a sensible human being that the subject wasn't even going to come up. Right. But he couldn't take it. He couldn't, he couldn't bear the idea that his kids might be exposed to somebody who merely has different views than he does. And it's not like, not like I had weed either. I was, I was ready to go this whole four days here, this whole week in Miami. I was prepared to go weed free out of respect for my friend, because I don't want her to get in trouble for weed and out of respect for the kids and all that. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, the house is more than okay to have bottles of vodka and, and tequila and rum and cases of beer in it. He doesn't have a problem with any of that. That's all cool. But me, the guy who thinks marijuana ought to be legal, I'm the danger to the kids. Now, my friend, bless her heart, uh, fought back against this and, and text messages and back. But then she's asking me these questions like, well, could he call DCF? Would they come investigate? I don't think so. I don't think, you know, a parent can just, you know, a, a disgruntled ex can do that. But I didn't want to take those chances. So that's why I'm here in a, in a hotel room, uh, spent money that didn't expect to be spending because of discrimination, because of bigotry. And it's just, it's just frustrating. And, and, and the irony to me, the huge irony in this whole case, she's white, he's black. Just 50 years ago in this country, they couldn't have been married in most States. I don't know when Florida changed their law, but. It was mostly the Southern and the, in the Midwestern states that still had anti-miscegenation laws. And that means laws against interracial marriage. So it just stunned me that a black man who just 50 years ago couldn't have married that white woman and had those wonderful kids who would have been discriminated against just for the, what he looks like could then 
exhibit such bigotry and discrimination against me for merely what I think. It's just, it, it blows my mind. The irony and the sadness and the tragedy of this has really gotten me to thinking. And it's, it's just fascinating to me how, how much this propaganda and this demonization of cannabis and marijuana and the people that are using it, how, how much that poisons people sometimes. I mean, that's, when we talk about marijuana legalization, the, the actual ending of the contraband nature of that plant, it's important, but it's not the real story. If it wasn't marijuana, it would be something else. The, the real story, and it's a story as old as time, is a story of discrimination and, and caste systems and bigotry and prejudice. It's, it's the same story with just a different noun involved. This time it's cannabis. Next time it's gay. Next time it's transgender. Next time it's communist. Next time it's whatever. It reminds me of the old Pastor Niemöller poem. First they came for the trade unionists, but I wasn't a trade unionist, so I said nothing. Then they came for the communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I said nothing. Then they came for the Jews, but I wasn't a Jew, so I said nothing. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up. That's something that I think doesn't get emphasized enough in our movement. Sometimes we focus on the marijuana and not the people using it. We, we come at this making the case that, well, marijuana heals epilepsy. Marijuana cures cancer. Hemp uh, can make these buildings. Uh, marijuana is safer than alcohol. And we talk a lot about the marijuana, but we don't talk about the people using the marijuana. I got into this... Uh, philosophical discussion about this one time, uh, about being a stoner. And, and some people are offended by that term. I understand why, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I actually have a difference. Like what is a stoner and what is a pothead? Uh, a stoner is someone who loves, can loves marijuana and loves to get high. A pothead is someone who loves marijuana, loves to get high and can tell you all about it. So the archetypes would be Jeff Spicoli from fast times. He's a stoner. He just likes getting high. He likes weed, likes getting high, having a good time. But he's not going to sit there and reel off stats or polls to you or, or studies. A pothead, though, will. And the archetype for the pothead would be Slater from Dazed and Confused. Yeah, man, Martha Washington, man, she was a hip lady, right? That dude, right? That's a pothead. That's someone who loves pot and can tell you why, okay? So no matter what you are, stoner or pothead, on that spectrum— an interesting philosophical question is, do you have to be smoking pot to be a stoner? Think about that. Like, I, I'm considered a stoner because I'm someone who smokes pot and wants it legal, right? But if I went a year without smoking pot, would I still be a stoner? That is to say, is the classification of being a stoner dependent on the use of cannabis? Could you be a sober stoner? And I believe you can. Because I believe that this stoner thing isn't really so much of, I like this plant and I smoke it, but more of a mindset of, it's my body and mind and I'll do with it what I damn well please. And one of the things I want to do with it is get it high. So maybe, maybe the question isn't so much, are you a stoner if you don't smoke pot, but is being stoner actually a part of something greater? 
And I, and I'd argue that it is, I'd argue that it's part of being a member of the, you know, the the battalion of cognitive Liberty, (laughs) just for the lack of any other name, right? Cognitive Liberty, the idea that your mind is yours to do with what you choose. I had an interesting, uh, another interesting argument. This guy on Facebook named Michael has been going rounds with me and he tried to divert the argument. We were talking about weed in some respect. He tried to divert the argument by saying, well, so do you support recreational heroin? Do you support recreational meth? Right? Because he's one of these medical guys, right? Do you support recreational uh, LSD? And I had to tell him, yeah, I do. In the concept that recreational means one's own personal use. And in that respect, I do support it. If you would like to take some heroin, be my guest. If you would like to dose up on some acid, have at it. Now, please be responsible. Make sure you've set up a situation where you're safe. If you're going to trip on some LSD, have yourself a a psychonaut babysitter, somebody that knows what's happening and can talk you down from a bad high. If you're the kind of person that wants to do heroin, I'd recommend you get yourself some naloxone just in case you have an overdose. But I'm not the person who's going to ascribe any sort of negative morality based on which way people like to get fucked up. I don't think doing heroin is any more or less moral than getting drunk. I don't think doing ecstasy is any more or less moral than using Xanax. Drugs are neither good nor evil, folks. (laughs) They are just things. They are just nouns. The good or evil from drugs comes from the way people use them and their relationships with them. I'm not going to deny there's people out there that got a real bad relationship with heroin. I'm not going to deny that there's, that there's meth abusers out there who end up committing crimes. But those are all, uh, let's not say all, let's say 90%. 90% of that's related to the prohibition. The people with opiate overdoses, that's related to the prohibition preventing them from having naloxone or preventing them from having a steady, consistent, pure dose that they know what it is. When we take heroin out of the streets and we put it into safe injection sites like you find in Switzerland or Vancouver, guess what? The overdose rates drop dramatically. There's no reason, and this is something we're going to have to really police within our own movement here, is there is a strain of drug bigotry amongst cannabis consumers. There's a lot of cannabis consumers that get on their high horse, pardon the pun, get on their high horse because marijuana is so safe and effective and it's natural and it's healing and it's medical, who will then look down on cocaine or meth or heroin or ecstasy or LSD or any of these other things as being bad because they're more dangerous or evil because they're more dangerous. And that's just not the case. And in fact, many of those drugs I just spoke about could have as beneficial medical uses as cannabis. They're talking about LSD for uh, treating uh, uh, post-traumatic stress and LSD for treating alcoholism, ecstasy for couples counseling. There's all sorts of realms we have yet to open when it comes to medical use of these substances because of the prohibition. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com.
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. It's time for Cannabis Facts About Alzheimer's from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. A new Florida study in the journal Molecular and Cellular Neuroscience found that cannabis promotes the growth of healthy new brain tissue. It can slow the effects of Alzheimer's and may, in fact, be able to halt it entirely. A long-term study by Ohio State University's Professor Gary Wink concludes that people who regularly use marijuana get Alzheimer's at a much lower rate than others. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on cannabisradio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, folks. We're just uh, cleaning up here and uh, setting up shop for the next show, and that will be Stoner Jesus coming to you live here on CannabisRadio.com. Stoner Jesus is up next. And uh, just to close out that uh, last thought, John Thomas brings up the point that uh, different drugs do have different risks and different uh, harms. And yeah, I don't want anyone to mistake my last rant about the drugs all being equal. No, no, of course not, right? To me, it's like cannabis is like your, your bicycle with training wheels of drugs. And then you might move up to a BMX bike with mushrooms then maybe you might ride a dirt bike and get yourself up to some ecstasy and then maybe you uh, you know i'm saying it's like yeah there's different levels of harm and different risks involved with all of these drugs but that doesn't mean that the porsche and the tricycle that one's good and one's evil it just means with the porsche you got to extend more care you got to be more responsible you got to have better skills But the fact remains, and Dr. Carl Hart in his book High Price illustrates this, is that the vast majority of people who do drugs do not have a problem with them. Even heroin, when you talk about 30% of the people becoming dependent and addicted to it, that means 70% of them are having no problems. 
They do their heroin and then they get on with their lives. And that's the fact with most drugs. Most drugs, 70 to 90% of the people that use them don't develop problems with them. So why should we treat those people as if they're all the problematic users? In fact, if we didn't treat them all the same, we'd have more resources to deal with the problematic users. That's all the time I got for today. Thanks for joining us. For everyone here at Cannabis Radio, I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it.